بسم الله أبو مالك الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه said The Prophet وسلم, said Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah fill what is between the heavens and the earth. And Nawawi said if we were to approximate the reward for saying this as a physical matter it would fill what is between the heavens and the earth. This great reward is due to the sublimity and exaltation of God found in the first statement, Subhanallah, and the delegation and impoverishment one exhibits in the second, Alhamdulillah. The Prophet said, whoever says, Glory to God, the Great, by His praise, Subhanallah al-Azim wa bihamdihi, then a palm will be planted in paradise for him, narrated by Tirmidhi. Turning the ethereal into the physical seems to be impossible. The most we can do is draw parallels to our world. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, In paradise is what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and has never been imagined by the human heart. Narrated by Al-Bukhari. Ibn Abbas commenting on this, عنه, he said, the only similarities of this life to the reality of the next are the names that are used. How then can we make this lowly life of ours blessed? What is our connection in this life to the purity and serenity of the next? The Prophet ﷺ said, this life is cursed, as is all that is in it, except for the scholar, the student, and the remembrance of Allah. In order for us to remain protected, remain at peace, to remain in tune with the rest of creation, we must act on the basis of our love for Allah. The operational term here being act, meaning we take every action and tie it to God's remembrance. We tie our hearts to dhikr by purifying our intentions. We tie our minds to dhikr by thinking good and expecting good of others. We tie our actions to dhikr by performing the good deeds that accompany those remembrances. Notice that in nearly every instance of the Prophet ﷺ making dhikr, it was tied to a devotional practice or some natural occurrence. There was never a time that he would simply make dhikr in an orchestrated fashion. His dhikr was not a performance art. It was not choreographed. It was not accompanied by instruments. It was a divine covenant he fulfilled. It was what bonded him to the next life. Al-Imam al-Nawawi comments on this saying, the most correct position is that remembrance of the tongue along with the heart is better than by the heart alone. The virtue of dhikr is not restricted to the utterances of tasbih, saying subhanallah, tahmeed, saying alhamdulillah, tahleel, saying la ilaha illallah, takbir, saying Allahu Akbar, and the like. Instead, everyone that acts in the obedience of Allah is making dhikr of Allah. This was narrated from Sa'id ibn Jubair and others from the scholars. Al-Ta' rahimahullah said, the sittings of dhikr are the sittings of halal and haram, how you buy and sell, how you pray and fast, how you marry and divorce, how you make hajj and similar. And Nawawi mentions all of this in his book, Al-Adhkar. This was the dhikr of the beloved, sallallahu alayhi wasallam.
He was the embodiment of dhikr. The thought of Allah seeded his heart, came to blossom on his lips, and came to fruition through his actions. Ask yourself, what seeds are you planting in your heart? What blossoms on your lips? What fruit do your acts bear? What harvest will you present to your Prophet and would he be pleased? On this eighth day of the Hijjah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our lives more than words, but make them fruitful for us in this life and the next.